Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Final Cast with Brad and Matt. What's up, dude? What's going on, man? Not much. It seems like it's been a while since we've done this, but it's only been a week. Yeah, I know. I was literally thinking that earlier today. Stacy asked me, she's like, do you have a podcast? I was like, podcast? Oh, yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it, we were taking like a month off or something, even though it's only been a week. It's I know. Weird, I don't know but... why it's been a long week. I don't know why, but I yesterday or today I thought I thought today was Wednesday at work. It was weird. I wish it'd be great. Yeah, one's up halfway through the week. Wednesday. Yep. Um, so it's new. Oh, not a whole lot, man. Uh, I'm kind of pumped. Hollowing up in less than a month now. That's right. We'll be down there and just. <clears throat> basking uh both of us should have should i should i tell everyone now or should i wait till we have them well i don't know if i'm getting one for sure or not so you can I do. say that i know you're i know you're getting one for sure i'm I, I literally i'm the one who talked to him i know you're getting one for sure uh so me and brad will both should both of us should by dale hollow have new ports on the back nk180s on the back of our kayaks which will be and yeah. uh mine's going on the sholey. So are you gonna bring the sholey down Dale Hall instead of the P127? Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. I don't know, man. The Sholey's a dope boat, don't get me wrong, mm. but I really think you're gonna be missing out on because we're gonna be on some big water. Now, I mean, some of it obviously there'll be some areas to where having a smaller boat will be nice, but I mean, you know as well as I do, I've never ran into an area on the river that I couldn't go through in the P127 that you were in the Sholey. Yeah, I just uh 
I don't have the P127 uh, set up or registered for a motor, so. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, as I've someone who uh, a motor on that thing, as someone who uh, um didn't have his boat registered at all in Tennessee and had a statey come over and talk to me, they don't really seem to care. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to take that chance. I don't blame you. So, if we don't get the motor, you bring the P one twenty seven. Yes. Just pedal so. driving. Both of us will die. Yeah, I, I, I pedal drove drove the whole lake last year, so it's all good. Yeah, that doesn't but, mean it's like enjoyable. Yeah, I don't mind it. I need I need to exercise anyway, man. I, I spent thirty minutes on the uh, stationary bike at the gym today, so I'm getting ready. Stationary bike is fantastic for you, for the simple fact that you know <laughs> it's better for your knees, better for your hips. Than being on the treadmill, everyone out there, little uh, tid from Fatty Matty, uh, who used to be in really good shape. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I haven't decided because with the P127, I really don't have to set it up with foot steering because I can just use rudder, rudder worst yeah. case. Yeah, I mean, I just do that. So I mean, it's an easy install because I literally just have to put it in there and then wham, bam, I'm done. But I don't know, man. I was kind of thinking it'd be kind of cool just to pedal around everywhere. Because it might force me to slow down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I get that. But it is what it is. an option. And I'll be the guinea pig. Another thing, everyone out there, if you have a P127, stay tuned for the next couple of weeks. Because I just ordered today, and they've already shipped the two-inch risers from 3D Yaks. Um, oh, yeah. So it's going to kick the seat up two more inches, which I think is going to be sick. Hopefully, it doesn't throw off the paddling too much. It only will. thing I'm worried about. I think you'll like it. You'll probably actually want to go up even more. I'm guessing. I'll just get another two inch and get some longer T bolts <laughs> and have four inches of rise. I'll basically just yeah. be standing. Call yeah. Well, before me and Matt just talk forever, we better get into the show. So uh this show is brought to you by Nico Bates, next generation soft plastic baits. Uh, better than Elastec. I've used them, so I can say that. Um, and Dark Horse Tackle, the best bait you've never heard of. Subscription box, use Paddle 20 to save 20% off your first monthly off your first box. First box, monthly okay. box. Do not use the prepaid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was making but, sure you said that because like, for a long time, we never said it. And then yeah. people messaged us and be like, hey, you liars. Like, dude, yeah. I promise I did. It's all good. <laughs> But yeah, use the month-to-month subscription for that code PADDLE20 at darkhorsetechle.com. So with that said, our show tonight is a cool one. Me and Matt have been looking forward to this one since we saw this product at the Columbus Fishing Expo here in Ohio back in February, I think. And mm-hmm. yeah, so we're bringing on Mark Glade from Finman. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Mark, so for everyone out there who's not familiar with Finn Man, sorry, Brad, didn't mean to cut you off, but you're too slow for me. Uh, tell everyone who you are, what what you're about, what Finn Man's about. Give us a whole right. quick down battery. All right. So I'm Mark Glade. I'm CEO of Finn Man. Uh, what we make is this little guy right here. It's a rod-mounted line cutter and hook keeper. It's got a snipper and a slicer in it and then a couple different versions of hook keeps. 
uh, line guard on the front. So that's what we're all about is rod mount and line management. Um, that I'm, I'm Mark. I have an engineering background. I partnered with the original inventor of Finman about a year ago. And uh, he had came up with the original idea and started getting the ball rolling, had some prototypes and some small batch production going. Um, I came in with my manufacturing background and we've kind of turned it on from there. And now we are here just about a year later officially, but we've been working on it for a few months before then. So uh, yeah, it's our first product, but we're all about making tools that anglers love to use while they're out on the water. You know, our sayings, fish more, rig less. We want to spend more time with our hooks in the water and then trying to get set up to get our hook back in the water. So, right. I know you, you mentioned uh, being an engineer. We don't get very many guys that are engineers that are part of the fishing industry on our show. So like, does, does that play a huge role in how you design like all like your product that you have here? Uh, absolutely. So what, what kind of my approach, he was looking at the original design. Uh, I really liked, I liked the fundamentals that he kind of set at or started at. Um, but then the approach was, you know, let's first take a look at the materials and make sure we're using the right materials um, to make a good product. He, I like to say that the only word that I don't want to be associated with was, is disposable. Um, I don't want something that's only going to last someone a season or a partial season or even two seasons. I want to be something that people use for years. Um, so that was kind of the first thing we started to take a look at, making sure we're using the right materials, make sure they're safe for our waterways. You know, being environmentally conscious is something that I'm big on as well, especially like through our manufacturing process to make sure we're trying to limit our impact for everything that we can there. I mean, we're still building things, so there's still energy consumption, all that. But um, So, yeah. That's we, we've taken the approach using additive manufacturing for our, our bodies here. It's a nylon, which is a biocompatible polymer. Uh, it's UV stable. It doesn't get dry rot in the sun, go gray or go get brittle or anything like that. Mm. Um, stays flexible down to minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, yeah. And then looking at the blade, it was fantastic blade to begin with. Um, but yeah, make sure we're using the right materials, um, right processes, make sure we can scale things up the, the way that we need. So yeah, my engineering background definitely, I think, helped um, scale the thing and find manufacturing processes that are are scalable, economical, make sure we have a business case so we can be around for a few years. Does the Which, which at the end of the day is always important to be around right. for a few years type of thing. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I can, I can see where you come from. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brad, what were you saying? I'm sure it, it sounded like it was way more important than what I was just making a jab at. So, no, um, I don't even. Oh, you, you mentioned the thir uh, minus 30 degrees. Have you guys had it like out below that? Um, I haven't taken it below minus 30 yet. We've, we've been ice fishing with them, obviously, and then we're in the middle of Kansas here, and so we don't get frigid cold. Um, yeah. but we do get some cold Lucky. winds that come through, and we've had this last year was actually brutal winter. Uh, we had some real cold snaps and some ice storms and everything. And I, we leave, we leave some out outside. I we actually have a school bus that we've converted into an RV and I've got one mounted up on top of the deck. So it's higher than anything around. So it's always in the sun, even hmm. full trees in the middle of spring and summer. Um, yeah, so that it's always out in the sun and ice and I go up there and I pry on it and make sure everything's still holding up good. And that's kind of one of my unofficial tests of longevity and UV exposure. That's, I mean, it's, it's easy, but it, it, it it's easy, <laughs> but it shows everything that it could like happen to it. So 
said 24 set or well, not 24 seven because we don't live in alaska and you're not there either so but <laughs> at least you know a few hours a day of pure sunlight uh every type of weather change you have your swings i know if it's anything like ohio we had uh snow last week and then it was 62 degrees the next day so right. i know that can play havoc with some plastics with such crazy weather uh changes um well, one thing i wanted kayaks. to get in well, oh yeah, it does with yeah. kayak, especially when it gets hot and then or cold and then super hot, and your boat's yeah. outside, then it does weird stuff like your hole looks like you got hit with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing I wanted to, to just start off by adding, you know, you said you came in with the original inventor of Finman. Kind of when you think about this space in the industry, not a whole lot out there when it comes to line management or uh hook management for your rods like you have your standards like i've got probably down here uh, i don't count anymore because it makes my wallet hurt but i probably have 20 to 30 rods sitting down here and they all have a different type of hook keeper on them 98 percent of them suck i don't like any of them to be honest yeah. like they'll they do the That's job right. but they're always in the wrong space they're always they're the kind of short so pretty that they don't work uh, they're too short or they're too big. Um, so kind of, you know, what kind of drew this, this space to kind of change it? Cause this is, you know, Finman is kind of a, a, a space changer cause there's nothing else really. Mm -hmm. like it. So, yeah. So I didn't grow up day to day fishing. Um, and so I kind of came with fresh eyes getting into things. You know, when I, my kids were young, I'd gone out fishing a couple of times as a kid, but it wasn't anything I was passionate about, you know? Um, but then, you know, out in Kansas, middle of nowhere, not a ton to do. So I started getting into fishing more and more. And I was like, you know, this is fun getting out with the kids and everything. And they don't put hook keepers on kids rods like ever. Mm -hmm. drives me nope. nuts. And so those kid rods, they tangle everything. Oh, well, fishing rods are the only thing that defy statistics because 100% <laughs> of the time they will tangle everything around. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Drives me nuts, especially if you don't have a hook keep on them. And so that, that was something that was frustrating me. And then um my kid my 10 year old bless his heart starting to change his own tackle and everything so he came and he got my snips from me and he quickly ran back around the, the little pond we were fishing and sure enough about three minutes later i wanted to change out what i was throwing i didn't have my snips on me anymore so I was like, curse that child and I, that started getting me thinking like okay how does this problem need to can be solved differently and so that's kind of what got me look thinking of like this needs to be solved on the rod so then i kind of started looking around because he Although I love to reinvent the wheel over and over again in my life, uh, I decided to actually start looking for products in the, this time. And so I, that's when I came across Finman and I was like, this is a pretty neat idea. And then I kind of was watching them for a little bit and they were kind of in and out of stock. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? So I ended up getting in touch um, with Gage, the original inventor, and kind of got to know him some. And I was like, hey, man, why? What's going on? I kind of have a manufacturing engineering background. And he's like, well, he's, awesome guy awesome guy uh young kid just graduated college and was hmm. doing the, the full-time job thing now and he didn't really have the time and energy to put full focus on this anymore and so that's kind of where i kind of came into the picture was right about that same time frame it's about perfect um so yeah so then kind of looking at his design you know i got some of the original ones and they worked really well there's a couple of design tweaks that i felt like could be made uh, one to make him a little uh be able to manufacture them a little easier and with the assembly process um and then also usability on them and so we made a couple of design tweaks there and kind of moved forward from that but that that was kind of the what got me into this space was you know my kids rods getting everything tangled up not having hook keeps on them and then 
the only thing that's consistent from tackle change to tackle change is you have a rod, right? You might be yeah. standing on a different part of your boat. You're a different part of the, the shoreline that you've been walking down, you know? Um, so the only thing that's consistent is the rod. So I was like, you know, this, this problem really can be and should be solved rod mounted. And so right. you start putting a knife on a fishing rod. You, there's just some certain cautions and precautions you need to take doing that. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> and I'd seen other solutions on the market that I was a little bit hesitant about. And so that's why I really liked uh Finman solution, having that line guard up front, you know, you never accidentally can get that line near those cutting edges until you're ready to make that tackle change. So. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I, and I think it's a, it's, it's a cool concept, especially for kayak anglers, because I don't know if you're familiar with kayaks or not, but you got limited deck space. Absolutely. Like so I got into kayak fishing pretty, pretty quick and heavy right out of the gate. Um, and then COVID hit and the prices of everything went up and I actually flipped my kayak for pretty good profit. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and then haven't uh, bought back into the kayak market yet, but I absolutely love kayak fishing. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, like limited deck space and limited space in general, I, there's, there's, Absolutely. there's snips on the market that hang off your vest and sometimes that's not as safe. So a product like this, it kind of like hits a little bit of everything there. Yeah. You know I, I mean. say it's not it's safe. And the thing I found with those snips is like, I have them on my PFD, Brad. I know you have, I think you have a, a spare that I thought I didn't have it. I found them on another pair. I was like, yeah, do you, I do want them. I don't want them. So we both had the same snips that hang off our PFD and that retractable line can sometimes be a pain in the butt mm-hmm. for the simple fact that like, I'm trying to do stuff. And after you use it a couple times, the line won't retract by itself anymore. Yeah, and now that. I'm doing weird stuff and it's just, oh, it's just, it's just frustrating and annoying. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is, this is a awesome way. Yeah, it's definitely a different a different approach to solving that problem. That's a problem for everybody, you know. And there's different solutions, and different solutions fit different people. And so that's kind of the approach we've taken, you know. Um, 
yeah, we've, we've, we really like the rod mounted solution. It's always with you, like I said. And then like you were kind of talking about the hook keep side of things and the 98% of those hook keepers just drive you nuts, right? That, yeah. that was the, I'd say the number one thing that surprised me once we started doing uh, shows and expos, trade shows and stuff was the, the number of people that were like the hook keeper by itself. is just awesome. Like I couldn't believe the frustration in the hook keeper market. Like I knew I had my frustrations, but I didn't think that was like industry wide by any means. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the funny. number of people that talk about hook keeps being in the wrong spot or they're the wrong style. You know, if you've got the open hook keep or the closed hook keep and you always want the other one and everything like that. So. Yep. <laughs> that's funny. I never realized that either. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's probably the number one. Well, besides the the number one thing that we hear have heard from people at shows was the, the hook keep and the convenience factor. The, the number one thing is definitely the why didn't I think of this? That's, yeah, that's my favorite feedback from every or, uh, comment from people. It's just like it's, I mean, it's so simple, but I mean, you executed it really well. Yep. So it's yep. kind of been fun to hear that. Um, nope. But yeah, the hook keep's been um, a really big deal. Just it's got a nice big open hook keep back here in the tail, and so you can stow big old setups with big old hooks. Goes on just fine. Holds them nice and tight. I can bend this rod all the way over, and it doesn't start sliding up and down the rod. You use these attachment bands. You can see that at all. Mm -hmm. Attachment bands to put them on. So everything's all non-marring. Even the bands are UV stable and they'll stay flexible down to minus 30 as well. Crazy yeah. tough. My biggest thing with the bands mm -hmm. is that's what's holding it onto the rod. If, if those fail, then uh, it doesn't matter how good of a blade I made. Yeah, it's gone, right? So right. Those, those bands are just as important to me as the blade is. It's part of the tool. So those bands, do they come in different sizes or... Yeah, so actually let me time. show you what they look like when you when you get one in the mail. So we've actually have two different packagings depending on if you're buying them in a store, you get kind of the retail packaging set up. Or if you order online from us, this is how it shows up. It shows up in a little baggie. The reason we do the baggie when we're mailing is this is actually a little more waterproof than this retail packaging. But they both have all the same information on it. This saves a little bit on shipping as well as it's more water is um, resistant being inside of that little baggie. Yeah, okay. inside of here, it comes with three different size attachment bands. So there's two of each size, so six total. Um, fits rods quarter inch to three quarter inch in diameter. Um, like I said, they're UV stable, so they're not going to dry rot and crack and fall off or anything like that. So I know there's some other aftermarket hook keeps and, and things that mount this similar way, but they uh, don't use the right O-rings. They they're not starting with the right material. They started with the economics it's, of things they didn't start with the right material for the right job first in my opinion yeah i know being in the construction industry i know that o-rings they disintegrate and all that stuff and like in little tiny um like plumbing uh, mm -hmm. fixtures and stuff like that so and then, i mean those are very they never see sunlight ever and right. so it's usually not a not a design criteria and so that's why o-rings are made with the materials they are they're they're not meant to be exposed to sunlight and right. so uh, it took a lot of energy and research to to get settled in onto the right bands that are going to last for a long time. Huh. That's cool. I can I can definitely see that because I've bought um, like from Amazon. Like I, as as annoying as it is and pains me to say this, I'm if you if no one else, if you never listen to the show and you don't know me, I'm a mega bass fan girl, and their <laughs> rods while they're five hundred dollars a pop, they do not come with a hook keeper at all. Yeah, that's weird. So. I, I know it makes no you sense. You know why that is? 
I've actually talked to with a number of rod manufacturers, and this is one of my favorite little insights I've seen. In, in um, the hookkeeper is the largest debate during a, a rod design. Again, you know, they're if they're gonna build a chatterbait rod, they know the action, they know the weight they want, even they can even yeah. settle in on the length. The eyelets usually they can get settled on them pretty quick, the grip style, all of that. But man, they say when it comes to the hook keeper, that's like no one wants to even bring that topic up until like the rest of the <laughs> rod is done because they just know it's going to just fists are going to get thrown. And That's so funny. I've heard that a lot of the times when rods come out without keepers, it's because they could just never come to an agreement. So they just say ship it without then. Huh? That's interesting. Well, yeah. They ship it without, and then buy like you get the pack, you can get them on Amazon for like 20 bucks. You get four of them, the little mm-hmm. flip ups. And I've had O-rings after a season just disintegrate mm-hmm. off my rod. Oh, I'm impressed so, I mean, you made a season def- on a lot of those. You must store your rods well, inside yeah. and take care of your stuff. I do. I do in store. Yeah, my rods and stuff, I do. I do because they're all expensive and my wife doesn't let me buy more. So, well, when she <laughs> and she knows about it. She doesn't listen to shows. So I can say stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's it, folks on the O-ring first. That's what somebody might not think about. But it goes a long way of making a sustainable sustainable product, especially in this environment that we're fishing in and using them in. So, yeah, agree with that. Um, so speaking of uh, uh, keepers, hook keepers, yeah. I, I could not could not think of the word for a second. Uh, speaking of hook keepers and rods without hook keepers and everything like that, adding one of these uh, Finman hook keepers does that throw off the balance on a rod at all no so total weight on fin man and the two largest bands i'm sorry i'm i'm unpackaging one right here um the total weight is four grams or about 0.1 ounces it's weighs without the bands it weighs about as much as a penny does so okay with the bands it's slightly over a penny it's about two-thirds of a quarter kind of put that into context um doesn't weigh hardly anything because that's exactly one thing we didn't want was that to throw off the weight and balance of those nice rods that people are buying you know a lot of engineering and thought and experience goes into building good rods um so we didn't want to interfere with that and that's why we like to keep the mounting location for finman as as close to the the center of gravity where the rod is already poke a hole in my ceiling we like to keep it down right next to that reel um okay you know so it doesn't weigh very much at all, but what a lot of guys actually I've gotten feedback from, from like the really finesse anglers, um, they actually will use it as like a micro slide weight to, to like tune in the balance of the rod so they can balance their rod right on the finger so they can start to feel that. It's just like, like the slide scales that we used to use in chemistry class, you know? Yep. Yeah. Maybe you guys aren't that old. I don't know. No, um, I remember I, they I remember. Actually, you can micro adjust this thing. So now you can, you can put your hook keeper where you want it. Right. And so they'll actually use it as a little micro balance weight. Uh, That's cool. To, yeah. And I was like, I, I never, never would even have thought, thought that. That's been the coolest part about going to shows is actually talking to people and, and uh, previous customers and everything, current customers, um, and hearing their feedback on it and the, the use cases they put them in and the problems that it solved for them that I hadn't even thought of yet. Yeah. That's definitely been the coolest part of going to shows and everything is meeting people and talking to people. So that was actually running through my head when we were sitting here talking about it. I was like, I wonder if you can slide it up and down the rod to find that perfect sweet spot to make that balanced. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I kinda, I'll kind of go over like the installation of one. If you guys want to see that, just kind of show your, your view yeah. of that. If you're interested. No, for sure. 
super easy. So Finman, it's got these band channels. I don't know why I'm trying to show you on the camera. No, you can. I can put you full screen. There we go. So it's got these little band channels right up front. So what we'll do is we'll get one of the attachment bands, and you just get it started on one side. And then you just put it on the rod where you want it, and you can put it either direction. And the reason I say that is I'm going to show you one one thing that we haven't talked about yet on more on the keeper side of things. And then you just stretch it underneath the rod, and then it catches on the – there's a little wing tip on the very front. It'll catch on the other side, and then you just roll it the rest of the way in. Let me grab another band, and I'll show you. Well, that's not the right size. Right here. I'm going to come backwards on you. Like I said, there's three different sizes, quarter-inch, three-quarter-inch diameter rods. You just stretch it around. Oh, this is going to be awkward. I hate trying to film this thing because it's so small, and so it's hard to yeah. film, right? Yeah. Your hands yeah, are always yeah. blocking the view. It's easy to use, but you can't see – a camera can't see what you're doing when you're trying to do it, right? Let me get it. You need one of those close-up cameras that get it like crazy. Okay, so it, it'll catch on the wingtip just like that, and then you just roll up the yeah. rest of the way into that channel. Oh, okay. I yeah, see, you. that's that's as, as little as someone might as little as someone might think. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. I guess it's not that big a deal. If anybody's ever tried to put a hook keeper on with O rings, that's a huge deal because they suck. It's so hard to put them <laughs> on. So having a little wingtip to grab it to where you can just roll it right in, that's like. That sells it for me right there. Got to be easy. And if you notice, we didn't take anything off the rod. We didn't pull our reel off. We didn't have to restring it. We didn't have to stretch anything over any eyelets. Yeah. I mean, all in, what did that take me? Struggling trying to show you guys. 30, 45 seconds? Yeah. The most. So what we, when it comes to mounting locations, what we always recommend is trying to keep it close to the reel so we're not throwing off the balance of the rod if that's something that you're passionate about. Um, and we always put it on the opposite side that the line's going down the rod. So on a casting reel, it kind of goes on the bottom. And then on a spinning reel, which I'll show you in a minute, goes up on top. Two reasons, though. Uh, one keeps the line away from it for um, most, or keeps the line away from it, so it's not a tangle point for you. And then the reel is the heaviest part of the rod, so when you go mm -hmm. to use the tool, gravity is going to roll it over. So now you're not fighting gravity while you're trying to use it. You're not trying to mm -hmm. hold and balance anything. Oh, so yeah, gravity is going to hold it yeah. upside down for you. So the tool is now right up on top for you to use. That makes sense. Um, like I said, it's got a nipper on it and that slicing blade back here in the middle. Cuts monofluoro and braid. We haven't mentioned that yet. Um, but why? I might turn it around and put that line guard towards the tip of the rod. So you can actually use this line guard as a hook keeper as well. So if you've got something that's Texas rigged, you got that hook in the plastic. I like to, when I set Texas rigged on, on these type of wacky craws and stuff that are ribbed, I'll put that hook up all the way through the main body, but I won't take it through the ribs because then it stays weedless really well for me. But then it's just an, just enough for it to pull through on those ribs, set the hook on them. But yeah. if I pull this out of the plastic, I can I can maybe get that back on there two or three more times. And so if, if I'm walking down the bank to try to go to a different spot and I got all my hands full, I don't want my you got you want to stow your hook. So historically, if you've got a clothes keeper like this rod has back here, you'd have to pull the plastic off so then you can stow your hook. Mm. Now all you have to do is you can just click it down past that line guard. And now I can still my hook without having to pull the plastic off. So then I can walk down the bank and I just unclick it and I'm back to fishing. Hmm. Let the fish ruin the plastics. Don't ruin it yourself trying to steal your hook, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember so you showing us that. The, uh, point. Yeah, I remember you showing us that at the show um, with drop or not with drop shot. You showed something cool with drop shots too, which I'm sure you're going to get to. But you showed right it with that, and I was like, yeah, same type that of makes thing, total right? sense. Yep. Same type of thing. Here's my drop shot weight. This is my little trout rod. Here's Here it is on a spinning reel. Same thing. All you do, 
You just click it down past that line guard and that drop shot weight holds right there. So now your drop shot weight's not banging around and sliding around or anything on you. And then this is a lightweight, or this is a light action rod. So, I mean, super flimsy. It's a little trout rod. This line flexes mm -hmm. down and that line goes slack. Now it's not falling off an open hook keeper. Once it springs yeah. back, it goes right back into place. That's nice. That was the big yeah, thing that... that I liked about it when I saw it at the expo was the drop shot thing because mm -hmm. there's not really a good product out there that like. And we learned that from that. a customer. They yeah. sent me a picture of it and they're like, dude, this is my favorite thing about this thing. I can still my drop shot weight. And I was like, <laughs> what? I never know what to do with the weight. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> that is it, awesome. It used to like the easiest way I did it is I take a rubber band, but after a while I'd keep looking at it and be like, man, this is super functional, but I hate how I have a rubber band on like a $500 rod and it just looks, yeah. I don't know. It just looks tag. The rubber band will break over time or it'll get stuck in there or rubber bands will actually put pressure, too much pressure on the line when it's moving up and down. Cause it doesn't always have uh, tension and then you can actually get mm -hmm. frays and then you have to retie. It's annoying. So yeah, that's awesome. Just that little, little thing is sick and it's even cooler. Yeah. That a, that a customer showed you about it. That's what's that's what's absolutely, absolutely. How, how does how does that work with the cylinder weights uh, drop shot? Um, you ever try? Work the same because all it's doing is it the weight just kind of gets in there and then it just turns sideways. So a cylinder weight should be, be just fine. And okay, I know there's a nipper blade right here which is really sharp. So everyone's probably thinking, but what about your line right there? Uh, let me show you on my handheld one. Oh, so you I don't see. accidentally slice your line. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So right at the very front of here, there's a gap between the front of the line guard and that blade. So that mm. drop shot weight is sitting right there, right okay. between there. So the line's not actually on the blade at all right there. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did we did we talk about the, uh, um, the materials of the blade, uh, how it's made? Uh, not yet. The blade's a 400 series stainless steel blade. Um, we heat treat them. It's a 400 series, so it's a high carbon. So we can heat treat it and harden them, which makes a good blade. Um, I always say if someone's trying to sell you a stainless steel blade, make sure it's not a 316 or a 304. That's the most common um, series of stainless steel. And for good reason. I mean, it's the most corrosion resistant because uh, it's low carbon, but that also doesn't make, that's going to make it not a good blade. It's not going to last you very long. So we use a 400 series so we can harden it and heat treat it. Um, then we... Um, and then we sharpen them, mirror polish them, and then we actually PVD coat them. So we actually have two different versions. Here's what the blades look like by themselves. There's a, this is our salt water version. And then this is our, what we call our gold. And this one gets a titanium nitride coating on it. And then this gets a chrome titanium coating on it. Um, so we sell them. Oh, so you can get replacements for it. What was that? You can get replacement blades for it. Actually, no. Um, no? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll follow up on that. So here's the salt water or gold version. Here's the salt water version. Um, two different packaging. The only difference between them is that coating on the blade. That chrome titanium coating uh, really holds up in the salt water, the harsh salt, salt water environments. And then people always like, well, why don't you just make the salt water ones if you're selling them for the same price anyway? Um, the reason I would go um, the gold route if you are staying in the fresh water is this actually increases the surface hardness a little bit more. So if you're staying out of a corrosive environment from a technical engineering standpoint, this should last you a little bit longer than the salt water. But if you're in the salt water, that corrosion, I mean, we're talking like rounding errors and hardnesses. So it's probably not that big a deal, but also the black yeah. and gold looks sweet. So like 
It does look yeah. cool. <laughs> Say Brad's You're not buying a black blade buying the gold. Black and gold. You could black and gold right here. Black and gold. We're <laughs> we're right. We're right in Wichita. So black and gold hits true with our Wichita State Shockers. <laughs> nice. Um blade. So the reason um we don't sell replacement blades for these is um and this is actually one of the design changes that i wanted to make sure we did before we went to full production was if this blade were to ever accidentally come out because it installs up through the bottom right mm -hmm. so if this blade were to come out so say we had like a pin or another fastener that went through the side if that fastener were to ever come out and that blade were to come down and to start to rattle on your rod what that's going to create is in, from the engineering world we call that a stress concentration factor and with a, a fiberglass rod um when you have a stress concentration point that's where um, a fracture is going to start and then it's going to propagate from there. And so if we have a blade that can't, that backed out and started chattering on your rod right there, then inevitably that's going to break your rod when you go to set that hook on a big one. And that's hmm. not anything we want to be associated with. Yeah, so what we've yeah, done is when that blade goes in, there's actually an internal locking mechanism. So when that blade goes in, it goes click and this blade can't come back out unless you break this body all the way apart. Okay. Um, and so that was, I mean, it was a hard decision to make, you know, because like I said, I don't want to be a disposable product, but, and so if we were going to make a permanently fixtured blade, that means I needed to make you guys a really good blade. So it holds up and it lasts. Right. And it's, Which it's funny. I you can say from the show, uh, Brad's probably getting ready to say the same thing I did. I can yep. say the show, uh, you had a little display going. I wish I had, we had taken a picture of it or something so we could show, but that display going, um, it was essentially a little robot that was yeah. just cutting line over and over yeah. and over uh, and over and over. Curious, and go check out our TikTok. That's kind of been a, a, a fun, a fun thing. We keep updating our TikTok. So that same unit that I ran in Columbus, I then took down to the Oklahoma City Backwoods show, ran on that same unit. And then we hit just over 60,000 cuts um, down in Oklahoma. And then took that same unit down to Louisiana uh, two weekends after that and ran it for three days down there and we ran over we rolled over a hundred thousand cuts and then the robot gave out on me not the not the unit <laughs> the robot stopped feeding line so thankfully it made it to a hundred thousand that's where that's where i wanted to get to because that's like uh, a, a generation of life or a generation of tackle changes for like a whole country at that point. yeah so I felt pretty good about saying all right yeah, not that it, we're done here, here you go let's see let's see if this will show matt i can pull it up on the screen right here yeah, be pull it up better. on the screen because it's yeah my yeah yeah the camera's great until anything gets close to it and the lights like no you don't need to see anything it's fine then you start to get the the rollings the update oh right yeah the it's, cameras. yeah it's great you gotta love it let's yeah. see when he pulls this up but but I just thought it was uh fun. that's we're on v2 of that robot the the first one we did was for a show in kansas city and it, the robot gave me a lot of grief, but it, it drew a lot of attention at the show. And I, I genuinely was curious because people, that was one of the driving forces um, behind making that, that snipping robot was people like, well, how long does it last? And I'd say, I don't know. I haven't worn one out yet, you know? And so then my that's, goal was, okay, yeah. let's try to wear one of these things out. That's the same. That's exactly what I asked when we first started talking, me and Brad were looking at that. You were talking to a customer and I was looking at this robot and I was like, I wonder how many of these things have gone through here. <laughs> and then i had asked you i was like so is this the original one you're like yeah and i was like well what's the count at and i'm just stupid and blind and you're like you pointed at the screen i think it was at like forty thousand or something at the columbus show i think we're probably thirty thousand ish and then at the Columbus. yeah show. it was it was just ridiculous and uh yeah that's literally what it is 
and it's just which good thing you put it in the uh little case because i remember you telling me at the first show you didn't and it was everywhere <laughs> yeah so. it was actually at the east tennessee fishing show so we took it up to the kansas city show and then to the east tennessee show and at the east tennessee show man we made a mess and we felt really bad because we were in a carpeted area and oh my gosh we make a mess and i was like you know what i brought a vacuum we're gonna clean up really good it's gonna be fine and then i went to the bathroom and i walked down the walkway and then i started seeing orange and blue fishing line, like all the way tracking down and i was like Oh, now I feel really bad. It's getting tracked all over this building now. So, so yeah, I was like, all right, so V2 of the robot needs to happen. So, I know you have you have a newer video than that um, that showed you guys reached a hundred thousand snips. Yeah, and that's on uh, the same fin same man. unit. Yep, same unit. It's insane. So, yeah, and it probably has a lot more life in it too. If if it didn't die to yep. hundred thousand snips. Yep. I, I haven't given up on that unit at all. Like I said, I need to fix the robot itself. It stopped feeding line at like 104,000, I think, is when I died. So, I mean, it that robot was a trooper. It made it to 100,000, but then it was like, <laughs> I think I'm done now. So, yeah, I'm giving up the so ghost. I I'm just realized something. 3D printer parts to, to extrude that line through there, and it's just, it needs a complete redesign. Just, it's pushing fish in the 40-pound mono, which is like 28 thousandths of an inch thick, and all those parts and everything were meant to feed 1.75 millimeter filament through. So that's the part that's getting me mm -hmm. grief. But pushing fishing line is not an easy task, by the way. That was a whole engineering <laughs> effort right there. Oops. Yeah. So I just noticed something here. Yep. The shape of this looks like a fish. Is that intentional? Yes, sir. Huh. Yes, sir. <laughs> I didn't notice that <laughs> until just now. Here. We've got the tail back here. And then that front lips, kind of like a, a salmon or a piranha type look, but you know, cool. function had to come along with form. So we had to extend that lip up farther to make it a functional line guard. But absolutely, we're we're big on making things look nice as well as functioning nice. You know, that's cool. Want to be something that's exciting to look at, right? I don't know why, but oh, yeah. when people do stuff like that, I. I I get pumped. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But. <laughs> we put a, a fish scale texture up on top. Um, one fish texturing but also it's a good traction surface so it's easy to use even when your hands are wet covered in fish slime so that's cool yeah that's awesome so did you i've seen it in action for mono and fluoro i'm assuming the same thing have you put it under any stress i know it cuts braid but have you put it on any like longevity stress test for braid um so cutting. automating a, a test for braid is much more difficult because you can't even push braid right mm -hmm. and so i've been yeah. trying to think through how i can do that um so but we haven't done it yet um the only data point i can give you is for those same shows i also have a, a hands-on demo stand that uh, we have not changed the unit on and we always do our our braid cutting demos with 100 pound power pro braid this stuff right here and we've gone through mm -hmm. three boxes of this stuff cutting into about three or four inch strips um i don't know how i haven't done the math on roughly how many cuts slices and snips that's been but we've gone through three boxes of 100 of the 100 yard this is the 300 i went and bought a big box this next time i was like i don't <laughs> want to keep switching these boxes out so yeah it's got about 300 yards into three four five inch strips uh on the same unit there that's cool yeah. even like the traditional snips that me and matt was talking about earlier they they wear out after, over time um mm -hmm. I, i'm sure i'm sure yeah i'm sure you get more cuts for 
per you know what i mean per unit but let's also not ignore the fact that like this demo unit has been in a very controlled environment it's mm -hmm. not been out in the water and everything oh i should have it's outside but i have a a container of salt water that I hang blades in or through different stages of my manufacturing process to kind of see what, what processes are really worth it. Cause I mean, these blades, they're, like I said, they're sharpened and they're polished. Then we actually put them through another process called passivation. And what that does is that dissolves all of the surface iron that's on the blade. And so there's no iron on the surface to start the corrosion process. Mm. Um, and so I've, to test, you know, the, the worthwhileness of different processes, that's kind of what I've done. I've, I've had everything hanging I've had one sample that's hanging and then one sample that's down in the water itself. And it's been going on two and a half, three months now of all of those. And the ones that haven't been, the, the ones that have been passivated are all holding up strong. And then once I coat them on top of that, they've been, they've been little troopers. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a lot of people like said, don't want to be disposable. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that's what a lot of people probably don't think about. And no matter what product we buy, no one ever really thinks about all the testing that goes into it. And it's so something much. as simple as, uh, uh, like you said, a little tank that has salt water in it that you just have blades hanging in. Again, kind of like earlier with the other test you, you mentioned on top of the school bus RV, it's it's not super technical, mm -hmm. but it can tell you a lot. Because, I mean, you know, if, if for whatever reason you were doing it and you realized, well, it's not working, well, now you can change the process to get it to work you know what i mean so i mean it's mm -hmm. people don't think about all the little stuff that really goes into it to do a super product. so absolutely and you know that's kind of you know being in the product development world uh you kind of look at things a little bit differently than a lot of people do you start to notice like even simple products and you just start i feel like i have a, a really big appreciation for even simple things when when they're brought to market because some people might see it and it's like oh it's I'd say the most hurtful comment I've ever gotten at a show and it was at a gun show. So it wasn't at a fishing trade. show. it was just like, <laughs> well, it's just a little piece of metal and some plastic. I was like, Oh, <laughs> no idea. No idea. Uh, but I mean, there's going to be people that think like that, but like exactly what you're saying. A lot of people don't think about all of the, the research and the testing that's gone into it to bringing a product to market and then yeah. getting it to market and bringing it in front of the right audience and all of that. I mean, Getting something to market is is no trivial task, and anyone that's doing it is commendable, in my opinion. Yeah, if you're it, a manufacturer oh, of anything sure. out there, good on you guys. And even though it's plastic and metal, like people, <laughs> like that guy was saying, like it's yep. that's not even what it's about. It's about the functionality of the product, right. more than anything. So. Absolutely, it's it's whether you can see the human effort that went into that product um, through the the design, the testing, the manufacturing especially and all the processing um so that's one thing that i'm really big on is anytime so I've, I've got a couple of different production partners that i work with and i always am appreciative of the people that are there running the equipment and doing doing those processes and i i, I know most of them by name i don't know all of them by name even inside of my partner's facilities because i like to go in there and hang out with them while they're running jobs and everything and it's been it's been an awesome process and it's all about just appreciating the people that are there doing it because it's 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 more than just raw materials, right? Everything mm -hmm. in life is more than just raw materials. There's always yep. there's always human effort and human energy behind it. Yep. And that often mm -hmm. gets overlooked. One hundred percent. You can say every. that about any product too. So I mean, every product, says that. not any product. It's every product. Yeah. Yeah, Brad, yeah. get it right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying, man. Slowly but surely. Um. 
what was the there was something else i wanted to ask can we brad can you pull that that link back up for the actual website i kind of wanted to go through in a little bit more detail because you kind of of the product yeah if you can yeah and blow it up and kind of go through exactly you know we didn't really get a full breakdown of it um so people can see because there's more than just you know like a line cutter in there i mean how it's designed and things like that so there's actually some things that aren't even on that image there that i could talk about as well if we wanted to is it on Uh, is it on a different page here no i don't i there's there's some things that i mean so you know you're getting into the marketing world right because now it's like how much information do you put in front of someone before they go that's too much information and they don't want to look at it anymore so then it's a balance right um but showing them all the neat things like there all we say is a line guard on the front we don't talk about how that can still your drop shot weight or still your texas rig setups um the his eye right there is actually another little hidden gem we use that eye as what we call our knot assist so that can hold your hook while you're tying your knot and then it's also a really secure anchor point to pull your knots tight against mm. well especially if you're throwing like little crappie jig heads and stuff where you got those little hooks it's always a problem trying to hold the little hook and pull the knot down tight what you do is just yep. slide it right through his eye this is going to be much too big of a hook <laughs> possibly There, I'll go full screen. Yeah, I'm going to try to do it so you don't. Hey, just put it through his eye like that. And then you can, it's a secure anchor point to pull your knot down tight. Obviously, there's plenty to hold on to with this bushwhacker. But if you're throwing like little crappie heads and stuff and you're holding on those little tiny, little tiny hooks, you know, if you're bluegill fishing or crappie fishing, that comes in really handy. It's actually one of those little things that I love. And it's, my wife's favorite thing because she's not setting hooks in her fingers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that yeah. sounds awful. I definitely need yes. to use it because I hook myself like every other day. Yeah, it's great. You I hook myself nine times out of ten. I must say, I do it down here because when I'm talking and everything, like rigging baits and stuff, just to do it. And I did this one about 15 minutes ago. And I hooked my thumb. So <laughs> one one day Matt's yeah. gonna get himself really good and he's just gonna cuss on accident. I probably will. <laughs> yeah. I almost did with this big thing, and these are ridiculously <laughs> sharp trebles, and I pulled into it and I was like, I felt grab no. pop out. I was like, Oh, thank the Lord. That would have sucked. <laughs> having having my wife do the bray trick on me online. I would have stayed on the show though, so Ooh. everyone could see it. But yeah, I've as someone who's had it done to him. It's not a joyous ex, uh, experience. Mm. So, uh, yeah. But so we have the the anchor point. Is there anything else on it that you can't see in the picture? Like any other little features? Other secret like tips and tricks with it. Um, I think that pretty well covers it between using the line guard as as a stow point and then the, the knot assist through Which the eye awesome. there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess the only last question I, I have that we didn't talk about was cutting taglines. Uh, can yeah. you get it short enough? Absolutely, man. Uh, let's just do like a I – mean, do you want to watch me tie a knot and do a whole tackle change? We can do that. Hey, why not? <laughs> is that riveting content? <laughs> Are we excited that about that? Surprisingly, hey, I tell you what, man, dude, we... guys love this. Yeah. Okay, so on the rod. So – I mean, here's another little one of my detailed 
things. So we have what we call a single bevel blade. So it's only sharpened from one side. And people are like, well, it's because you're cheap. It's actually not because we're cheap. It's actually because you can get a closer <laughs> cut with a single bevel blade than you can with a double bevel blade mm. for a setup. So that's why we went with a single bevel blade. And it proved to be the best for uh, functionality as well. So there's some intellectual property for everybody. So I'm coming <laughs> in from um, his left-hand side because that's the side that has the vertical part of the blade. You're not going to be able to see how to do any of this. Filming this stuff is absolutely difficult. If anyone is like, you know, I am a photographer and a videographer, and I know how to, please reach out to me. Please. (laughs) So, yeah, you can get so close that you can take the knot straight off. So, you just push down. I took the knot straight off of this a lot of times. This time, the knot's still actually on my main line. Oh, geez, that's crazy. But then you can fuck the rest of the knot off. And then this is the exciting part watching me tie a knot. Which knot are you tying? I don't even know the name of it. I usually go with the Palomar, especially if I'm throwing braid. But I like yeah. this one. I think it's called like a modified clinch knot. But oh, you yeah. go through the yeah. eyelet twice. Through the eyelet, tw- eyelet twice, and then it's the normal clinch knot. But you come clinch knot, but you come back through both of them. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot for yeah, my lot of lighter monos and fluoros. Yeah, I'm I get just the lazy. Name right? I just do a Palomar for everything. Just It's, it's not Palomar. a bad knot. It's, it's just... either... That's all it is. That's all I do. That and the Alberto knot for leaders. If I tie any other yeah. knots, I've I've I, I've learned something, but I don't plan on learning anything. So, okay. So I haven't pulled this knot down yet. Here's just an example. Again, I wouldn't do that with this because there's just so much to hold on to that's not gonna poke me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you need more line. But now it's just a secure place. I can pull that knot all the way down. Hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I can see that that with Ned rigs that would be so nice. Yes. Not having absolutely. to fumble with it and yeah. The knot's pulled all the way down. We've got tag end right here. And then again, same thing. What I like to do is I'll if the jig head will allow it, or whatever you're throwing will allow, I'll roll the knot so then the tag line's sticking straight up. Mm-hmm. Put it in front of my hair so you can see it better. <laughs> Getting white backgrounds. But then if I have a black background, you can't see Finman at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah. hard to film. <laughs> <laughs> so then you just get it up in there. Same thing with popping the knot right off. You just get it nice and close. And you just pops it right off. That's Again. awesome. No more yeah, tag end cool. left. Yeah. Very There's cool. Whole tackle change. I never had to go find the right cup holder. I had the snips in it right then or anything like that. Um, braid snips just as well. Um, the only thing with braid is it doesn't pop like this is 40 pound mono right here. When you go to use the snipper, it'll just like pop. The braid doesn't pop like that, obviously. So, this is a hundred pound braid. So, since it doesn't pop, you got to do that little pop for it. And so, (laughs) all I tell people is you put pressure down on the head and then you just give it a little pop itself. Oh, okay. Probably didn't even see the tag end drop. You just give a little pop. You can't see it. I don't know why I try. It's okay. It's almost so it's almost like with the braid. That's that now is the nipper of the back single beveled as well? Yeah. Is it a single side? Okay. So it's almost like with the braid, like with the mono, it's cutting straight through the mono because mono is a little bit it's it's a, uh, uh, the, the engineering standpoint, it's it has a different fracture mechanic to it. Mm-hmm. And so once it starts, yeah. once it starts that fracture, it'll 
fracture all the way through and that's why it pops all the way off with braid you've got multiple strands and so each one has to get cut through so it doesn't just like explode off yeah so, so you're essentially you're cutting through all of them and then you just pull away what's already been cut so what you just did not... is what what i don't recommend so you don't pull away oh. you go up oh. or down the rod you'll get oh, cleaner see, there we go go up or down the rod you don't go away from the rod Makes going sense. away from the rod leaves bad results. Going up and down the rod leads good results, right? Like that, that phrase, makes sense because you're going up or down. No one's gonna laugh at that. Come on, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I don't even. I don't know. <laughs> I was. I'll be honest, man. I'm so. It's like I was trying to. You said go up and down the rod, and then I was thinking, oh yeah, because I'm going with the blade, and I'm not pulling against the blade, That's and it's exactly just in right. case. Because with braid, like you said, I mean, it's their strands. And it, I like to tell people if they ever ask what's the difference between monofilament and braid, I usually tell them, well, think of mono as something that's, it has stretch, but it's not super flexible. It doesn't go, it doesn't bend or anything. And so when it breaks, it just breaks. Think of something hard. But when you think of braid, think of a fabric that has multiple strands built into it that can move and everything. So going up with it, just in case there's one strand hanging on by a thread because I've had it happen with braid. Even when yep. I buy braid scissors, it's like, you know what, this one strand and this eight strand is going to say not today. And uh, I get ticked off. So going up with it just the next hook on. sends it home. Yeah, absolutely. So going up parallel with the blade gets you the cleanest cut with it for sure. Awesome. Well, there you well go. I think I we hit every rods I have. We pretty much did. I got to count how many rods I have because I need to get some. So, which I was going to say, I was going to say, um, you guys have these for sale in bundles. It, go, run through the pricing on all those. Yeah. So we do a single unit for 1995 online and then a three pack for 55. Uh, that's our sale price. Um, and then a five pack for 85 and then a 10 pack for 160. There you go. So Not absolutely. Yeah. Free shipping over fifty dollars as well. Um, yeah, there you go. I like that. <laughs> I do too. I mean, it makes it easy. Like a lot of places, yeah. if you're wanting to buy multiple of something, it's just difficult to do. Um. So yeah, having packs available is awesome. Yeah, Brad. Is there anything else you want to cover? Because I think we hit everything. No, I was just gonna let Mark. Uh, I can't believe I've um, talked this long about this. This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a good product. Once When a product's good, it, it becomes what I've found is when a product's good, it's easy to talk about because yeah. it doesn't seem like we've been talking for 55 minutes, but we have been. And it's because the product's interesting. It's it A, will serve a function, and it'll I think it'll be something everyone should have, just easy. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. And I was going to let Mark uh, shout out social media and stuff and where they can find your product and all that stuff. Absolutely. We... So yep. if you go to myfinman.com, that's our website. If you want to hang out with us on socials, we're most active over on TikTok. Um, Instagram's a pretty close second, but TikTok's where we, where we go to have fun. So if you want to come and joke around and stitch videos and do up videos or anything, that's, that's where we're at over there. Um, Facebook as well. Just Finman Fishing. If you search that just about anywhere, we'll come up. Okay. So it's Finn Man, your wingman on the water. That's how you remember it. There you go. I like it. There you go. <laughs> well, guys, I think that's it for our show tonight. Uh, show today. I was going to say tonight. I don't know why, but uh, appreciate you guys listening and 
all that stuff. Matt? <laughs> yeah, guys. Hey, thanks for listening to us uh, to the end here. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, we have our, like I said, Dale Hall at the end of the month. Um, and Brad are going to try to do something down there for the show. And then I've got, hopefully, a very special unboxing for Dark Horse here in the next week or two. Those guys are Coming awesome, the by the way. I got to hang out with they them. They are awesome. They're awesome. Good dudes. <laughs> Good dudes. Hey, great product, product and great company. Box, man. That would be Should. cool. That would be cool. I'm going to reach out to Josh for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he looks like be... he has a secret already, so maybe it's in the works. <laughs> oh, we, we talked some. We're, we're not sure. Oh, they, they, they focus on tackle, and that's awesome. You know, it's awesome yeah. to stay – Stay in your lane and everything, but no, they're awesome guys, and it's something that we talked about. But. Very cool. Well, Mark, we appreciate you being on the show, and uh, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Peace. Maybe, maybe peace, Brad. You.